Hello, welcome to episode 24 of Not Just Yoga. I think it's 24. I should have checked, shouldn't I? Oh well, it's been a while. In fact, it's been such a while, if that even is a phrase, in my best Brennell's accent, that there's so much has happened, I'll probably forget to include things. The main thing I need to let you all know is that we've welcomed another rescue dog into our home. He's called Kenny and he's a little bit mental but he's settled in really well and of course he's great, he's part of the family. With regards to yoga, there's been a lot of new things in the pipeline. I now do two of my classes in Brown Hills and two in Hammerwich. I also held my first workshop, it was on core muscles. You may have heard me talk about some of those during the last episode and there is another one planned for January with another yoga teacher. So onwards and upwards. For the yoga part of the podcast today, I'm not going to talk about muscles or poses, rather the International Day of Yoga. Now I am fully aware that this is completely the wrong time of year to be talking about this, as it's actually on the 21st of June, which also coincides with the solstice. I read an article on the Independent website with the following introduction. Yoga is an intricate and holistic practice, but it has been simplified, distorted and morphed into a shiny lifestyle, now polished and cleansed beyond recognition. So, yes and no. On one hand, yes, it is widely advertised as quite far removed from its origins, with a focus on the aesthetic, which you may be surprised to know I had trouble spelling when I was making a few notes. Serene and bendy bodies doing handstands on beaches was mentioned in one paragraph. Again, this is often portrayed in the media and it can give an extremely false view of yoga. But we need to consider that for some people, this is what yoga is. It is about rigorous, intense practice and sharing a lot of photos with strangers. On the other hand, for me, the whole ethos of yoga is about taking the parts that apply to you as an individual. The idea that yoga is about self-inquiry, meditation and reaching enlightenment. Well, in this day and age, I feel like I've reached my own stages of those components. Self-inquiry, it's ongoing. You are constantly surprised, amazed and also sometimes disappointed by both your body and your mind as you age, or at least I am. But it's a process. Meditation, having an empty mind. I don't think that will ever happen on a long-term basis for me, but I'm quite content with being able to sit down and read a book for a prolonged amount of time and let nothing else interfere. And I've also become quite good at not feeling as guilty for giving myself this time as I used to, and hopefully I'll continue to improve. Enlightenment, a state of awakened understanding. My personal interpretation of that is how I currently live my life. I don't earn anywhere near as much money as I used to when I was a full-time school teacher. But then, back in that life, I was constantly tired, out of the house all day, working evenings and weekends. It wasn't so much a life as a basic existence. Giving that up was hard, and in some ways there are things that are even more difficult now. But, on the whole, my awakened understanding was realising it just was not a sustainable lifestyle. And ultimately, who was it for? If it was for me, surely I should have been enjoying it. 
So here I am now talking about it on a podcast, which finally brings me back to the International Day of Yoga in a very roundabout way. I usually share a photo on social media, but for me, yoga isn't just about one day. For me, it's about having a regular practice. And as I've found out in the last few months, having a space for people to also feel comfortable in. The fact that many of the people who come to my class communicate with each other outside of the class is a really positive thing to see. I was once told during my training that you shouldn't be friends with your yoga students. But the aim of my classes is to create that communal space where we all feel equal. And I think that's something I've been able to do. Basically, I think to sum it up, I'm trying to say that you don't need a special yoga day and you can take as much or as little from yoga and its principles as you like. Tailor it to you because after all, you're the one who matters. It's taken quite a few attempts to record this podcast, by the way. I started last week and I recorded a couple of segments and they just would not upload onto the app on my phone because that's what I use. I don't use anything fancy or technical because I probably wouldn't know how to. And it's really annoying when you don't know what's going on so you can't try and put it right. And then a few days, I kept trying and a few days later, suddenly, when I tried again, they uploaded. I even asked on a Facebook group for Anchor how to solve the issue, but nobody seemed to know. So hopefully this time it'll work. And hopefully I won't be sitting here for too long because I'm starting to get pins and needles in my feet as I'm squashed up in my Harry Potter covered under the stairs uh, slash recording space. It's getting rather cramped in here. It's full of Christmas stuff. Or rather, listen to what it's full of. Yeah, full of bottles of alcohol, mainly. Uh, The important stuff. As it's been quite a while since the last podcast there's a fair bit for the eyes ears seen and been section beginning with the eyes uh so that's books i've read and i'll start with the one i least liked first pincher martin by william golding he wrote lord of the flies which is one of my all-time favorite books so i thought i'd give this one a go i may have accidentally ruined it for myself as I read a summary of it on Wikipedia first. But it's reading that that actually made me want to read the whole story. Boy, was I disappointed. I'd put it up there with The Old Man and the Sea and The Great Gatsby. Those stories that are deemed classics, but for me, I found them all quite boring, where not a lot happens. Mark reckons I'm missing the point. He hasn't read them, by the way. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not reading the subtext or thinking about it deeply enough. But I certainly won't be reading any of them again in an effort to find out. It could even be down to my somewhat short attention span. I like things to happen, action, drama and so on. But not too much and not with too many people, else I get confused. And yes, Game of Thrones, I'm looking at you. A completely different type of book I read was The Farce of Sodom or The Quintessence of Debauchery by John Wilmot, the second Earl of Rochester. I remember going to see the film with one of my friends, Pete, many years ago, where Johnny Depp portrayed the 17th century poet and playwright. He wasn't very good, and this book wasn't much better either. Although there has been speculation that John Wilmot didn't actually write it. I'd imagine that back then, 
when it was published, and I did check the date, 1684, it would have caused uproar due to its depraved sexual nature. Yet nowadays, it's almost like anything goes, isn't it? I'm not sure whether the character names were inspired or just plain lazy. Did he just write a list of words and add a few letters on the end? For example, Boloxinion is the king of Sodom, Cuntigratia is his queen, and Bugaranthos is the general of the army. I mean, it wasn't a terrible read, although there was a fair bit of questionable rhyming involved. It cost me 99p on Kindle. If you want to give it a go, it's quite a short read. It depends what you're into, really. While we're on this subject, another book I read was A Curious History of Sex by Dr Kate Lister. Betwixt the Sheets is a podcast I've mentioned before by the same person. So that's how I heard about her book. There's some surprising information in there and some very perplexing photos and diagrams. But the thing my brain remembers is, of course, to do with language. And because of this, I'll probably have to label this podcast as explicit, or this episode anyway. In 1230, the Oxford English Dictionary referred to Grope Cunt Lane in the red light district of, I think it's pronounced Southwark. It's written like it should be said as Southwark, but I'm sure it's Southwark. And there's no one around for me to ask and check. So sorry if I've said it wrong. And it was called this because that's what happened there. Basically, it was a line for groping cunts. Other articles and books I've read seem to indicate that hundreds of years ago, cunt was not the shocker that it seems to be nowadays. Although according to Jermaine Greer, she states, it is one of the few remaining words in the English language with the power to shock. But does it really in this day and age? I don't know. I'd like to hear your thoughts on it. So, going back to Grote Cunt Lane and its variations, there were quite a few all over the country, but, as you'll have guessed, they've since been renamed, usually, Grove Lane or Grape Lane. In the same chapter in this book, it also provides a list of people who have the unfortunate surname of Cunt, or at least in part, I bet people always remembered the names of Miss Gunoka Kuntals or Mr Godwin Claw Cunt. Anyway, that's enough profanity for one podcast, don't you think? Give it a read. It is a really interesting book. Another book which I read, which I'd highly recommend, was called Otherlands, A World in the Making by Thomas Halliday. The Waterstones website describes it as an epic, exhilarating journey into deep time showing us the earth as it used to exist and the worlds that were here before ours, travelling back in time to the dawn of complex life and across all seven continents, award-winning paleobiologist Thomas Halliday gives us mesmerising close-up encounters with eras that are normally unimaginably distant. I would have described it more as rather scientific but not so much that I couldn't understand it. Fossils, asteroids and the ice ages are all mentioned and there is a quite a lot of detail in the description of both flora and fauna along the timeline. I wouldn't say it was an easy read, as I did have to pay complete attention and look up various words and then reread bits that I'd forgotten, but it was definitely worth it. I also reread a story that I first discovered nearly 30 years ago called Lionhound by Jim Kajelgard. I've probably pronounced that wrong as well, but you get the idea. It's basically a kid's story about a dog being faithful to his human. 
It was written in 1955 and it's what I would call a proper story. I'm not going to give you any spoilers for this one. If I wanted to start a new collection of his books, there would only be 44 more to get. So maybe not because we're running out of space as it is. Just quickly circling back to other lands, I also did a lot of extra reading and research around it and discovered that most American states, or 42 of them anyway, have their own official state fossil or dinosaur. Some are greedy and have two. As of January 2020, one of the articles stated that Maryland, Missouri, Oklahoma and Wyoming have named one of each, so a fossil and a dinosaur. The list is freely available for you to look at. If you're listening to this podcast, it's a fair indication that you might want to have a look-see, so I'll include a link in the description. They do vary vastly. For instance, Arizona has petrified wood, while Colorado has the Stegosaurus. For the ears part, I'm first of all going to mention a great podcast that I found on Audible by French and Saunders called Titting About. It's described as them taking a subject and titting about with it, basically, which is exactly what they do. I think I listened to all 19 episodes in about eight days. The subjects included food, pets, clothes, holidays and so on. So if you're looking for something a bit light-hearted, give it a try. As usual, I've been listening to the regular podcast shows that I listen to. And while I haven't listened to any new music, I have listened to a fair bit of old music. I've got several playlists on my iPod. An iPod, remember those. They're still relevant. I'm not sure whether On The Go was my idea or whether it automatically came up as a suggestion on the iPad. Um, on the iPod, sorry. I don't know. I thought, seeing as one of the reasons for this podcast is to provide more information about me as a yoga teacher and that my life is not just about yoga, I'd share the songs that are included. I'll let you into a little secret. I don't listen to them on the go. It's usually while I'm doing housework. So, in no particular order, I present to you the following. Centrefold by Jay Giles Band. Giles Band? G-E-I-L-S. Probably should have looked up or asked someone how to pronounce it first. Way Down by Elvis Presley. But do we really need the surname? Head Like a Hole by Nine Inch Nails. I'm Your Man by Wham. Neighbourhood Number One Tunnels by Arcade Fire. Baby Jane by Rod Stewart. What Do You Do To Me by Teenage Fan Club. Silent to the Dark by Electric Soft Parade. All Right Now by Free. Does Your Mother Know by ABBA. Friday I'm In Love by The Cure. Teenagers by My Chemical Romance. Crash, and apparently it's the 95 mix, by The Primitives. Miss Shapes by Pulp. How Bizarre by OMC. A one-hit wonder, I think. I Am The One And Only by Chesney Hawks. Another one-hit wonder. Marry You by Bruno Mars. Atomic by Blondie. And I've got an extended version of it. It sounds great. The Middle by Jimmy Eat World. Stacey's Mom by Fountains of Wayne. 
not bowling for soup as most people think it is. Old Before I Die by Robbie Williams. Mr Brightside by The Killers. Cuddly Toy by Roachford. Rosanna by Toto. We're nearly at the end now. You're So Vain by Carly Simon. I Was Made for Loving You by Kiss. I feel like I should have the Top of the Pops theme music on or something. Duality by Slipknot. I Love Rock and Roll by Joan Jett and the Black Hearts. Tonight, Tonight by the Smashing Pumpkins. Birdhouse in Your Soul by They Might Be Giants. What's My Age Again by Blink 182, or 182 I think it should be said. Modern Love by David Bowie. And the last one on my list, Something for the Weekend by The Divine Comedy. So there you have it, a collection of songs I quite like. As I said at the beginning, because it has been a while since the last episode, there's quite a lot on the scene list and I won't talk about them all, otherwise we'd be here for ages. So I'll just choose a select few. We watched Air America and Good Morning Vietnam, as I hadn't seen either of them before. Although that one scene in Air America where Robert Downey Jr. is hanging from the helicopter did seem really familiar. We also watched a couple of epic films, Lawrence of Arabia and El Cid, not all in one go though. I looked up the definition of an epic film and here's what I found. So epic films, they use elaborate and panoramic settings on location. They use authentic period costumes. There tends to be quite a lot of inflated action. They often have a large cast. Uh, There's usually a heroic character and they are too long to watch in one sitting. Okay, so I added that last one myself, but I think it fits. Just to divert a little, I then started looking at the definition of an epic novel. Quora says that five characteristics are needed. One, the inclusion of supernatural forces interacting with humans. Two, acts of courage or valour. Three, characters who have some type of national importance. Four, a tone and voice that makes everything sound important, even if it's not. And five, a setting that is regional, national or global in nature. But, I mean, surely that just covers everything. There's also the idea of a sixth of the events taking place over a period of years. Examples given include Lord of the Rings, of course, the Iliad and Odyssey. Interesting how film and book definitions differ. Now, there are so many directions in which this could be taken but I'll leave you with the notion that Batman is considered a modern epic. Anyway back to the list that I watched. I'm not allowed to watch films about dogs but I did just that. I watched a film called Dog about two former army rangers, one human, one canine, happy ending. We've watched quite a few old films, not epics just normal films, some good, some not so good. We were told about Theatre of Blood by a fellow reenactor called Clive. After listening to his recommendation for Terror of London with Boris Karloff and Basil Rathbone, I think we sort of knew what kind of film to expect. Basically, Vincent Price goes on a killing spree and murders critics in the same way as several of Shakespeare's murder scenes. Rather inventive. Bloodbath in the House of Death was another Vincent Price film, alongside Kenny Everett. It's described as an over-the-top spoof, and I'd completely agree with that. It's crazy. 
worth a watch if it has escaped your viewing so far for any reason. A film I watched on my own, as I knew Mark wouldn't want to watch it, was called Samaritan with Sylvester Stallone. A young boy thinks his neighbour is a superhero who disappeared 20 years ago. What a twist! I would not have guessed it, but unfortunately I have developed the terrible habit of reading the trivia on IMDb for whatever I'm watching, and there was a spoiler. So I'd say watch it first, then read about it. I've really got to stop spoiling these things for myself. Finally, a documentary that I watched was called The Story of Tea. The information was interesting, but the way it was presented was terrible. It was like a year six lesson where you give them a worksheet with questions that they have to find the answer for while watching the accompanying video in 1992 on VHS. It, it just could have been so much better. With that, I think I'll move on to Bean. So many places. I'd booked to go to London as a 40th treat for myself and then I was ill with Covid. But I eventually got to go and I had a fantastic time. I went by myself. I walked 12.8 miles or 34,087 steps. I took a screenshot of it on my phone because that's the most I've ever walked in one day. Gosh, did I know about it the next day. I went to the National History Museum, which was at the top of my list, and saw DP for the second time. I'd first seen him in Birmingham a few years ago with Mark. Quite a few years ago, I think. I also went to the National Army Museum. Uh, quite a few pubs and a few parks. I mean, no wonder I did so many steps. As it's been a few months, as I've already said, there's quite a list. I won't tell you about them all because I do like to keep these episodes short as it fits in with, again, my short attention span. We went to Cosford and saw the Bravo November Chinook. I love Chinooks. I think my first memory of them and I'm not sure if I'm repeating myself here, I'm sorry if I am, was watching the original cartoon version of the BFG on Christmas Day in 1989. So I can remember watching something on telly when I was seven, but I struggled to remember a yoga sequence that I practice on a weekly basis. Oh well. We also went to Duxford with our friend John. It's a massive place. It was the second time I've been. It probably won't be the last. We tried to make the most of the summer going out and doing stuff especially as the house was quiet which of course it's not now we spent a fair few days at the archery club we were introduced to the game go by jamie at the club and in turn we took Neumann's morris we do like a board game in the brownridge household as you already know two more places i'd like to mention dinosaur golf yes crazy golf with dinosaurs and a group of us again from archery went lots of fun lots of laughs I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for more crazy golf courses. And the other one, it's not so much about the place we went to, but why we went. So John, the same John who we went to Duxford with, told us about a talk on the psychology of serial killers that he'd booked. So we booked tickets too. Over the years, I've read books and watched documentaries, as well as recently listening to podcasts about serial killers. But this was far more engaging. I'd already heard of several of them, but there were also some that had passed me by. The speaker was a forensics lecturer called Jennifer Rees, and she discussed the various categories of serial killers and used relevant case studies to illustrate. To be honest, some of it was quite unsettling. Mark has never really been into serial killers, 
is that the right way to express it being into serial killers but he said afterwards how much he enjoyed it so yeah thanks john for telling us about it and with that i'm nearly at the end of this episode but if you've already read the full title you can guess what this next bonus section is going to be about yes that's right hugh bonneville I could have added him to the eyes, ears, seen and being section in separate bits. But seeing as I'm quite a fan, I thought I'd give him his own section. Don't worry, I'm not going to turn into Kathy Bates in misery or anything. And if you haven't seen or read that, just ask someone. It's fairly famous. I'll start with what I've read, or rather the book I've listened to. His memoir, Playing Under the Piano, narrated by the man himself, adds some excellent reviews. And there's nothing I can really add that hasn't already been said but if you do get the audio book version there's extra material included so that was the first copy that i bought i'd got tickets to go well tickets a ticket to go and see him at stratford literary festival and i was i was going to stick with just that audio book but then i found out he was signing books afterwards so of course i had to go out and buy a hard copy didn't i especially for that reason I'd already planned to drive to Stratford myself, even though I'm not a fan of driving, especially in the dark. Mark, being the wonderful, understanding man he is, and I'm not just saying that, he doesn't listen to this podcast, so I could say anything, said he would drive and go for the walk while I was at the talk. So I went and I listened and he saw my book, but I definitely wasn't disappointed. Warm and friendly to everyone, it really was one of the highlights of my week. It's just a shame that for the photos that were taken... I'm holding the book with my thumb right over his face. So, sorry Hugh, next time I'll do better. There's also a rather good film called I Came By, where he plays quite an unsavoury character, rather different to what people are used to. So, ending on a high, or for me anyway, that's where I'll say bye for now. And remember, if you have any questions, then you can contact me on Facebook. My page is called Say Yes to Yoga. I'm on Instagram under Curly Girl Yogini, or you can email sayestoyoga at hotmail.com. I also need to mention my website, which is undergoing a revamp as we speak, or as I speak. You know what I'm like with technology. If you've listened to episodes before, you will understand the struggles I've had with this website. I finally caved, and I've been working with a local company, an extremely local company. And take a look, tell me what you think. Right, that's all for now, I think. And I will be back, well, probably after the new year now. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening. Bye.